0: Shut up, I love it.
1: Shut up.
2: I love it. Shut up. I love it. It must be weird not having anybody come on you. Shut up. I love it. I am Joe Cabello, and it is weird not having anybody come on me. And I'm here with my co-host, Sasha Fyler and this is Shut Up Our
1: Lover Podcast when we invite a special returning guest today to talk about something underrated underappreciated, misunderstood forgotten, maybe all of those things, who knows, we'll find out who is joining us today in the studio, Joe, tell
2: us Well well, first I'll say I can tell you hated that intro that time but it's a fitting episode (laughs) for that intro we have a rapper and filmmaker and host who's produced albums and live comedy in LA Working on his uh, follow-up album to his 2017 disco hip-hop album, American Neon. We're big fans over here of Adam Protexter. What's up, Adam? I love it. Hey, thanks for having me back. Well, you always bring the heat. I'm going to try to.
0: Try to always. bring some hot, spicy takes. Oh, tonight. let's see
1: how hot it gets today. Um, how aroused that we all going to get? Oh, my <laughs>
2: gosh. You don't even need to ask.
1: Ugh, what are we talking That's here about? That's not a
2: Yeti mic in front of me. <laughs> that is something else.
1: Uh, what is it? What is it, Adam? What Dallas? are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. We're talking
2: about the uh, 90s
0: masterpiece Showgirls. Um, a masterpiece. Epic, uh, yeah. An epic All About Eve remake uh, skewering misogyny mm-hmm. in the entertainment industry using
2: mm-hmm.
0: hyper-melodrama. That's
2: and what we're wow. talking about. And we gotta, we gotta shout out. Paul Verhoeven directed it. Mm-hmm. I mean fan of the show. Yeah, fan of the show. We're fans of Paul. One of my yeah. favorite directors. Not that mm-hmm. I've seen everything he's done, but I that's why I'm just saving it for later in life. I want to spread this mm-hmm. stuff out. Savor mm-hmm. it. Yeah, definitely got to.
1: Showgirls. Um why is Showgirls a suitable topic for Shut Up? I Love It.
0: <laughs> I feel like Well, when I like first discovered y'all's podcast, the first thought I had was Showgirls. Mm. Uh, I feel like it fits because this movie uh, was so reviled, so deeply hated when it came out by critics and audiences um, for many, many reasons. Uh, I think, uh, like a lot of Paul Verhoeven's movies, it just um, needed some years for everyone to catch Mm. up to it. Yes, Mm. Uh, But yeah, I feel like it's a great candidate for this show because uh, it's a secret genius hiding... Hiding under a despised Razzie winner.
2: Yeah, this is one. This is a shut up, I love it like template movie. Mm-hmm. As far as like, I was reading our uh, iTunes description today, and it gives some like examples, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what, Showgirls is actually would fit perfectly well in these examples. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, a rare NC-17 movie, right?
0: Yeah, and they really leaned into that, too. They uh, That was supposed to be a selling point. And mm-hmm. I remember, you know, I was born in 85, so I was around 10 when this came out, and I remember that's how I learned there was a rating above R. And it was like this mythical, <laughs> oh, wow, there's something above R? What could it be?
1: And R is what it gets, uh, how it gets. Uh, is it the only NC-17 movie that ever played? to so like in a large theatrical release? Is that what, what it was?
0: I think uh, we've got Clockwork Orange and mm. Midnight Cowboy both got X ratings when they were released, which were later changed to ours. Um, mm. And then the X became NC-17, I believe in the late 80s, around the time PG-13 was invented uh, because of Gremlins. That's mm. my understanding, is that the only other big ones... The other, the big, big one is Midnight Cowboy, which did get an X when it won Best Picture.
1: Right. And then um, what about the uh, Alicia Vikander's husband's, Michael, I don't know why that's what I called him, but why uh, Michael Fassbender's movie with his penis out that never played in theatrical release?
0: Oh, or Shame? Shame. Yeah, um, I had totally forgotten about that. I forgot that had an NC-17. That had a limited release, certainly I Mm -hmm. I feel like showgirls kind of killed Hollywood's belief in this rating honestly
2: (laughs) right and and also all those ratings I mean it is era specific because there are certain PG-13 movies that if you played decades earlier would get you arrested for making and Mm. now movies now that you know it's just it's all weird I don't I wonder if this would be rated NC-17 today if it was made but I think, like you said, this wouldn't get I made. I don't
1: know. There's a lot of vagina. Like, there's There is abundance. vagina, yeah. <laughs> there's vagina. It's a vagina forest. Like, It's insane how much vagina is. <laughs> vagina I did not forest. expect it. Yeah, I, I did not <laughs> expect it. I, I was going in thinking there'll be some breasts. Maybe we'll get a little bit of vagina. But it was like, we're in C-17. We're going to go with as much vagina as we can get. Straight up. Which mm-hmm. I applaud. You're NC-17. NC give the audience what they came for.
2: I yeah. could have used some, like, internal camera action, but, uh, you know, I wanted it to really earn its <laughs> NC-17. <17. laughs> That's where you go into X territory. That's, <laughs> That's the new distinction. True. Yeah, maybe I just wanted pornography. There uh, you go. But, yeah, this is a mythical movie as far as all that. Yeah. It's I've, I've always heard of it as, like, one of the worst movies of all time. It has so many Razzies, and which is the uh, the the awards for bad movies, and I believe Paul Verhoeven's was the first actor or director to accept the Razzies in person. Mm. Uh, he was for the movie. So this guy, he's a baller. He know he knows what he's doing. He's like, yeah, fuck you.
1: Yeah, I yeah, hope that's he, how he felt. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he accepted. Well, he said after accepting it, he's like, I'd rather have a movie that is this hated than a movie that is mediocre and forgotten
1: I fucking agree yeah I yeah. agree with 1000% and be besides that I'm just gonna put it out there early on which I don't often do but I love this movie and I'm just gonna say it yeah so it's not even oh a movie that's hated and it's bad better than mediocre movie I think it's a really misunderstood movie that's how I think. And you hit totally. the
2: nail on your head, Adam, of it being ahead of its time. Like uh, many of Paul Verhoeven's movies, it is such a like post Me Too, like message and uh, I guess reality. Not that the Me Too reality w- didn't exist before mm-hmm. the hashtag, but the uh, society's acceptance of that reality has yeah, shifted I think so much.
0: That's I feel like that's a big reason it failed is because everyone did want this, like. The hyper, you, we were sold this provocative, hypersexual thing, and what you get is this very realistic. Like um, uh, this movie, kind of refuses to traffic. Uh, one thing I've heard about it that I agree with is that it kind of refuses to traffic in the male gaze. Uh, it uses a lot of things like. Um, it, it focuses on things like hands and eye contact a lot more. Uh, and the nudity is kind of an incidental part of its reality, but we don't get like tracking shots following body parts that we might Mm-mm. get in another in a like uh, another movie. like this movie's whole gaze is coming from a very um, unafraid place about sexuality, but I don't think an
2: exploitative place and it's really asking you to see this these horrific things that are happening and just yeah the situation being uh, aggressive and violent and dangerous while this sexuality is happening while it's showing you these images it's like okay are you going to participate in this thing that you know is corrupt and is dangerous for women and that's a hard thing for most moviegoers who just like watching you know like, i want to put on dr uh, strange or something or you know just a marvel movie and enjoy a good time i'm not one of those people i like seeing movies that really make me uncomfortable or make my fiance say why do you like that (laughs) 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 those are the movies i like so uh, i can see why most people would not enjoy like not being able to fully enjoy breasts and vagina Mm -hmm. because you're having to come to terms with like how that product gets to you yeah yeah I, that's a really good way to put it. It's like
0: uh, it's like visiting the slaughterhouse before you eat your steak. It's mm-hmm. like, here's mm-hmm. the product of capitalism. Uh, here's the TNA. But wait, there's constant creepiness going on, and everybody is always in danger. It's yeah. like, oh, I didn't want to know that part. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, let's hear a little bit about the recap. Like, obviously not a whole synopsis or anything. What's the log line for this film, Adam?
0: I would say... Um, a a wanderer, a wandering dancer of unknown origin ascends to entertainment industry goddess before deciding to burn it all down.
1: Great. yeah,
2: yeah. I think I think that's fair. And with a bit of the all about eve that uh, that you'd reference it being kind of a, a semi remake of that, or at least having some of the story notes, I think that's true for a second. And this is my first time watching it, I will say, Um, almost shamedly, because, hey, I like movies with breasts. This is why I watch 80s horror movies. (laughs) I want to make a movie that heavily has breasts, and I know I'll get flack for that, you know, in my career, because that's, maybe that's reasonable. I know
1: way too much about Joe liking breasts. (laughs) Like, he likes big breasts on screen, and he likes small breasts in person
2: i think that's actually really accurate so thank you
1: <laughs> i know way too much from doing 100 episodes with him I love um that. but, but so yeah, yeah but it was my first
2: time i'll just say and like shamedly and uh at times or at one point in the movie i thought it was going to be save the last dance with strippers <laughs> right um because it almost seemed like that but it and luckily it does like it's like what if save the last dance was real was a reality <laughs> like how would mm-hmm. it fail and and all that it's just like a small subplot of the movie but there's so many surprises to this movie in that way
1: yeah and you know we, you will always talk not always but we've had our good share of erotic thrillers um shut up i love it and we'll always talk about joe and i how we both like the genre and it's like a just in general misunderstood underloved genre to begin with. And this is like, I feel like it's the peak of this dislike just because of what it is. Maybe. Maybe that's why. I don't know. What do you think, Adam?
0: I think there's, yeah, definitely like a little bit of genre bias because this was, the erotic thriller um hasn't really existed for a while, probably. I, uh-huh. I'm watching Love for the first time right now, which is a Netflix show, and one of the main characters actually has a whole bit about how he wants to do an erotic thriller because mm. the internet made them uh, the internet and streaming services kind of took them away from us. Um, Paul Rust, shout out. Yeah, exactly. Shout mm-hmm. out Paul. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul Rust. Um, and I think I totally agree with that. I think that the 90s were kind of a response to a lot of, like, the the 80s action stars were so defined by big muscles, big guns. Um, and then you kind of see, uh, like, Ripley from Aliens, specifically the second one, taking on more of this, like, Uh, The woman as the masculine action hero. And then I think that honestly with 92's Basic Instinct which is the same writer-director team behind this, Mm -hmm. uh, you see that pivot into um, the the sexuality being used as the power which is a very Verhoeven thing through his whole career. Um, And I think that Showgirls ultimately kind of comments on the genre cycle that Paul Verhoeven kind of helped start um, because Yes, we liked that kind of thriller in the 90s because it was a place where we could experience sexuality on screen in a way that had an emotional payoff. So it didn't feel sleazy because it's not pornography. You're not there to get off. You're there to get off on a thriller. um, And the Mm -hmm. sex is a part of the storytelling. And I feel like by foregrounding the sex so hardcore in this movie, uh, again, it's like kind of what you were saying earlier, Joe. Audiences don't, feel like confronting what they're actually there for. Uh, we like we like it when the sex is a thrilling part, but really it's about a legal drama, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we as Americans, I feel like, like plausible deniability with sexuality because we're such an embarrassed culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if you can give us sexuality, great, but please couch it within something that I can mm-hmm. talk about at the water cooler.
2: Yeah, I think if this movie was uh, the traditional... Girl comes from nothing and uh, succeeds in a career storyline with all of its sex and nudity. At the time, it would have been well received, or maybe better received. But now it would have been looked on as complete trash. I think the opposite is the truth. Where at the time it was that people like didn't like that, and now we can look back and be like, "Wow, this movie's actually saying something." pretty bold for the time so I'm glad it, it's at least good now but uh, what's been your experience as a fan liking this movie have you find found your tribe do you get pushback
1: and how many times have you seen it to begin with
2: yeah I
0: would to begin with I would say I've seen it four or five times um, my experience with this as a fan I definitely have always felt in the minority with Verhoeven stuff in general, but that has changed culturally over time. Um, I would say I started as a RoboCop total recall fan. And then I, that kind of led me to, you know, basic instinct. And I didn't see showgirls for the longest time. honestly saw it for the first time, maybe three years ago. Um, and was immediately like, how have I missed this? I think this is one of his best movies. Um, but I will say, like, my relationship is more with Paul Verhoeven because he's a huge influence for me, uh, and I'm a huge fan of his, the way that he does hide so much commentary in genre, because uh, I feel like genre is such a good vehicle for it. And in terms of pushback, I always think about Starship Troopers because I remember trying to talk about Starship Troopers when I was in film school and having some friends be like, oh, that fascist, jingoistic Idiots. crap. Yeah, and then and then three years later, an AV Club came out. Uh, AV Club article came out about it, where it was like, "This is actually a great." And I saw those same friends posting on Facebook. Wow, I'm gonna have to revisit this, and it made me so mad. <laughs> so I feel like that's my relationship with Paul Verhoeven is always being like, ah, "In four years, you guys will love this." But uh, I do have a tribe. I do have my. I will say, my girlfriend thinks this movie's a masterpiece, and that goes a long way when the person you live with loves a movie that no one else likes like of
2: this nature too yeah yeah (laughs) it's not just a movie that's you know perceived bad or something it's like yeah you could be look like a weirdo for liking this movie so much (laughs) yeah it was the first
1: time for me to see this movie as well for this podcast and i think just the name itself turned me off like for Mm. for the longest time i was like well it's just like a share movie like i feel like a share is going to be in it or something right And uh, I was just like, it's not for me. It's gonna be too, um, too much glitter, too like um, misrepresenting reality or whatever. And instead, like <laughs> this hyper hyper reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was pleasantly surprised. I was immediately sucked in, and um, I could not take my eyes off of the screen. It was just so good. What a what a great fucking movie. i again putting it out there. And I like Verhoeven.
2: I'll tell you guys, I was so excited and blind faith for this movie. <laughs> Instead of knowing I would rent it digitally or or find it streaming, I went on Amazon and bought a Blu-ray.
1: <laughs> so you bought it before you watched it?
2: Yeah, I'd never. I was like, you know, what, it's Paul Verhoeven. I'm gonna buy the Blu-ray, thirty oh. dollars. And I'll tell you tell you what, it gets deeper. I get the Blu-ray in the mail, I open it up, and I'm looking at it, and I go, wow, this is amazing cover art, which immediately, my Spidey sense goes off, this is going to be the wrong region DVD, (gasps) because every, like, region A DVDs, which I think are the USA ones, the box art is usually fine or passable, but every region B has the best Blu-ray and DVD art ever. Mm. And then sure enough, that was true. So not only did I buy the Blu-ray blind for $30, (laughs) I bought a $100 Blu-ray reader writer (laughs) to hook up to my computer to watch it. I love this for you.
1: (laughs) Instead of returning it?
2: Well, one one thing I did need to get for like a year and a half, I've been... uh, Delaying buying one of these Like an external Blu-ray hard drive Because I can't watch any movies Like on my computer or anything like that So it gave me the final push But still it cost me in the end About $130 to watch this movie Without having ever seen it before
1: That's that's the most expensive research anybody has ever had. It
2: is. That's more money
1: podcast. Any any money
2: than we've ever made on this podcast. Almost as much money as there are episodes to this podcast. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, once I was seeing Elizabeth Berkeley in stunning Mm. Blu ray H D, it was worth every penny. What a magnificent creature on screen
1: magnificent and the most hated like in terms of her acting for this film right right? and she's incredible well I thought she was absolutely fine like she it worked for me like you know I mean she's gorgeous and but like her acting I felt like it totally worked and there's just so much hate behind it well there is one scene at the pool a swimming pool where she's having sex with uh, Kyle Kyle McLaughlin's character and it does seem like she's never had sex before like as a as a person yeah. and she's <laughs> doing it like a new version of what like orgasm or sex looks it like it show
2: sex <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it is definitely not how anything works because uh, she's just uh how would you describe it that physical physica, rodeo
0: you know, riding like, violently right. thrashing <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yes in Which circles yeah yeah
0: you For you made me there's a line about you spending $130. I had to look through my notes, but that line uh when um James tries to watch uh there's a lot about watching and what like James is watching Crystal Watch Nomi give uh Kamagokkin's character a lap dance and then he gets turned away by a bouncer and he says you want it you got to pay for it. So that's mm. that's what you went through mm, just yeah, to watch this you had true. to drop the coin. <laughs> That um I have a region free Blu ray player and that uh it's a game changer. Highly recommend it. Yeah, it's I'm in that game now. Hell yeah. Uh, but I
2: love that sex scene because it is so uh, performative and I that's on purpose hundred percent, in my view. It's it's her putting on a show. It's her like um her she's fucking him for a reason, but she's still in a way, maintaining her innocence to herself. She thinks she's also kind of like lying to herself that she's actually just fucking him. Right. And I think that's all part of it. That thrashing is just this big show she's putting on to get the role. Yeah, it's it's part of the
0: audition. And to your point, Sasha, about the performance being so, like, uh, hated, I think weirdly, I think ironically, part of that is some misogyny, culturally, that just, like, this how dare this character make these choices. Um, But also her maximalism of that performance kind of plays into everything about this movie, which is it's all kind of riffing on American melodrama and to an absurd degree, but it's also all about artifice. Like nothing is real in this film, including the sex in the pool. Yeah, it's part of an audition. It's her idea of what sex should look like for him to find her attractive because she's not... She guards who she really is. We don't ever really get access to who Nomi really is.
1: Even when we find out her actual origin, it doesn't right. really do much.
2: But yeah, I thought her <laughs> performance was great and right from the beginning it's it's unsettling. It's aggressive. Even though she's like put in this this dangerous position with the hitchhiking, there's you feel definitely like, okay, this is a real motherfucker of a girl. And when she's eating the French fries so aggressively, <laughs> the ketchup, I'm so worried about her only outfit that she has as she's aggressively putting this ketchup all over her fries. I'm like, you're going to get a stain and you don't have another blouse. And I, I was hooked right after, I mean, instantly, but after that food scene, where she has the ketchup bottle and even slams it down and you see the ketchup bottle practically jizz straight up into the air, I was bowing down to the and genius jizzing. of this movie. Yes, I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's bowing I saw down someone, while jizzing. Look out. You might get some on your chin. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone
0: on Letterboxd uh, months ago, or whatever the last time I watched this was, say something to the effect of the ketchup bottle at the beginning is the uh, Rosetta Stone to understanding this whole movie Uh, (laughs) I believe it (laughs) I think there's a truth there just that beginning scene like to your point she's uh, in a situation that should be dangerous hitchhiking and she's we immediately see that she's not in danger she brings out a knife which is you know phallic reading right there Uh, she's reappropriating this like violence and even the way that she like kind of licks her lips as she walks out like she owns everything also, that hitchhiker, that driver, um, is like this weird amalgamation of American iconography. Like he's in a pickup truck, he looks like Elvis, he's listening to country music, and I feel like her immediate dominance of him is kind of a
2: uh, is the thesis statement for the rest of the movie. Right, and yet she still gets fucked over by him. So right. th- that's all, you know, within that thesis still.
0: She learns her lesson because she gets fucked over because she gets so excited about the short gain of winning at the slot machine that she loses sight of the big picture. And for the rest of the movie, she does not lose sight of the big picture.
1: I wonder if the writer, the screenwriter who wrote this film, um, hated it as he was writing it, or like or like thought like it was a lesser work than Basic Instinct, which I think is the same screenwriter, right? because he definitely like uh distanced himself from from showgirls and said like we were just like paul and i weren't thinking we were coming off hot of a basic instinct thinking we can do whatever we want and look this is what happened it's like we came up with the movie that's less than um um or is it just like when you hear people say those things and you uh have to defend yourself and you say these things that you didn't really think originally because i thought the screenplay was very strong to me
0: i think that's just joe esterhaas like trying to save his career i think he saw the writing on the wall that like everyone's gonna label him a bag, and this movie's doing terribly and no one got it and so he's distancing himself i like you're saying i think it's just a pr move
1: who's your favorite character um besides the protagonist in the film or I don't know somebody that stood out that's a I good, have one yeah
0: that's a really good question um uh, man my favorite character that's not me. and I won't say Crystal um Christ. I honestly love Kyle McLaughlin's character not as a mm-hmm. person I just love the performance mm. right down to his like his super sleazy haircut that he's introduced mm. with um yeah, I love seeing Kyle McLaughlin be a piece of shit, honestly. It's super fun. He's good at it.
2: Yeah, He's, he's very slimy great. when he wants to be. And
1: he's so good looking that you forgive him for
2: everything, uh, mm-hmm. at
1: least in that era. What about you, Joe?
2: Uh, I, From the quote said at the beginning, I'm a fan of Al. I think he's very compelling as a character. Uh, especially with the, the final scene that you see him in. With uh, also the, I forget the woman's name that has the the dress that reveals her breasts when she lifts her arms mm-hmm. um he was great he seems like he is the most overtly sleazy but the way he, he leaves it it seems like he might be the best of them <laughs> the best of mm-hmm. the the men in this movie mm-hmm. and not that that gives him much credit actually like that doesn't mean he's good <laughs> but i think there's something there and it connects kind of to i think he's the one who says or it might not be him but he's the the whole thing of hey when you're doing your cheetahs dancing at least everybody know you know you're showing your tits and that's what they're paying for but you're going to do this dancing show and pretending it's anything that's not sexual i feel like he's kind of the male embodiment of that where he's like hey i'm being upfront with you about who i am and what i I want these women to give me sexual favors and all that, but he's actually probably more that's better to be upfront.
1: front. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that speaks to the whole concept of artifice throughout the entire thing is that no one is really what they appear to be. Um, and everyone is engaging in this misogynistic power uh, struggle to a certain extent. Crystal is engaging in it uh, because she thinks it's the only way to be and the when Nomi tells Crystal, you and I aren't the same, she's right because she ultimately makes the decision to not direct the violence at the next generation but towards the system itself and beat up Andrew Carver, but to your point about Al, yeah, he's honest and no other man in the movie is honest and I think that even though they're all sleazy just him just saying it out loud is a relief because it's not like this mind fuck that everyone else is trying to engage in Yeah, you know what you get with Al
1: Exactly. And who who you don't know who you get with is James. It's a very interesting character. Mm -hmm. Because he came in, you think, for sure, he's like this mentor character on her hero's journey. But then it doesn't work out, even though he keeps presenting himself as this mentor who's going to teach her how to dance in a way that it doesn't look like she's fucking, but that she is a talented dancer. And she keeps turning him off and turning him away until they have a very um sexually charged well make out scene uh and uh and then it all falls apart so their arc is like insane just that one arc within that screenplay (laughs) like blows my mind and his admittance of like saying i have a problem with pussy always have always will um i I don't know it's just like very self-aware and uh and uh, I don't know, broken mentor figure that never got to be the mentor. There's something very tragic about it. Yeah,
2: it subverts everything you would expect. Like I was mm-hmm. saying with the um, whole save the last dance thing. It could have, and sh- and I've never seen that movie, so what am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> <You keep laughs> but I'm wrong. I'm right, right? Um, but it's it, it subverts everything that could have been with that at every moment, and even when you think he's going to redeem himself and. No, he continues to be very much himself until being an incredibly tragic character.
0: Yeah, -hmm. the scene where his show flops is, and and it flops in the most embarrassing way of having the crowd, like the DJ, just decide that the club is better off without it (laughs) while it's happening. Uh, It's really um, like an inglorious end for that arc, and it is really sad. And I think that that character is kind of a representation of uh, the people that get swept aside. Like we, to -hmm. your point, when we see Heroes Journeys, we always see everyone has a purpose. Everyone fits into their keyhole Mm -hmm. and every, and the story is perfectly structured. And this one's like, well, some people don't, some people just are sad because the entertainment industry chews them up and spits them back out.
2: Um, yeah, well, you just... get you get this sense like as he's jumping from job to job, getting fired from them, that it's like that scrappy story of oh, this guy can always get a job. It's he's just waiting until he can get that big break, and then mm-hmm. by his last scene, you're like, oh no, this guy he never had it. He was never gonna get it.
0: Yeah.
1: It's interesting that the theme of the if there's probably multiple se- uh, themes going on in this film, but one theme that kept coming up is through dialogue when Crystal would constantly say I'm not a whore um, and I think that's like a, the proof that this movie is not showcasing you know, misogynistically like what women in sex industry or close to sex industry are doing it's more like how the industry is trying to portray them and like there's no other way f- as a whore there's, not, there's no other way for her to look like in this world and so she's rejecting the one way that everybody keeps seeing her which is a whore, and um it's just surprising that like that was so obvious by the filmmakers stated by the protagonist and and yet people still saw this movie for the most part just as the nc-17 vagina movie yeah
0: it's again like the the artifice and how nothing is really what it's about like Um, the nails are a big theme and Mm -hmm. the nails uh, specifically play. Like the reason that I bring those up is because one of the moments at the end is Crystal saying to Nomi, I don't want you to do my nails, I'm done with that hoary look or I'm a little too old for that hoary look which is not only Crystal uh, reappropriating the fact that people have been calling her old a few times through the movie and her owning that and making it a moment of power to subjugate Nomi with but also a rejection of Nomi's identity because nails are used as this like metaphor for autonomy the whole time and they're what women are able to bond over uh, in a very like way you could read it and say oh it's very superficial that he just has these girls talking about their nails but again Mm -hmm. nothing is really what it's what it is Um, and the whore part um i i wanted to talk about this movie called business is business which is paul verhoeven's first movie Mm -hmm. um and it was it's a it's a lighthearted sex comedy about um sex workers in amsterdam and they have like there's a lot of themes that play back and forth but really the deepest one is that there's no embarrassment over sex it's just a fact of life and i think showgirls um I think the word whore has such an awful meaning to Nomi because it takes away her autonomy, her agency, and it makes her something people are using. And so I think that's, I don't know, maybe I'm mixing my thoughts here, but I feel like that's why Crystal wants to call her a whore the whole time. Because Crystal needs to engage in the violence that's been done to her yeah to feel the ownership I, i'm going all over the place now so <laughs> uh,
2: i'm a little off the rails but i feel like it's all connected it, it is it's all that. it's so thematically sound yeah i mean it, as far as any complaints i could give or criticisms of this movie it if anything i think it's just plays that note too long and too <laughs> hard <laughs> Uh, that I think it could shave a little time off and we'd still kind of get it. Um, and, and since it is kind of a not an inverted version of the like rising to fame story no, but it is like I guess um, morally inverted or something. I'm not sure even what the term would be or what the right word is it does feel a little bit like okay I see where this is going. Once you kind of get what that it is not going to be fairy tale. Right. You're like, okay, I kind of see where this is going. So I can see that. So I maybe at the time compounded with the fact that people weren't ready to accept the truth that the movie was showing, that those two things make it seem like it's a bad movie. And that's a
0: criticism. I feel like um, that would be fair for Starship Troopers as well, like the mm. playing the one note for too long. Um, I feel like yeah. both movies kind of are maximalist down to their runtime. Kind of the... Mm. And this movie, like, the thing is, this movie's weirdly, um, just like Starship Troopers is, the movie itself is, feels created in the universe of the movie, if that makes sense. Like, the movie feels like a product that would exist in itself. Um, (laughs) It's like a synecdoche for its own themes. Uh, So, I feel like that's also part of it, is like that one note too long, but hell Vegas shows are like
2: 3 hours long right Yeah yeah and that's even just me having to strain for some kind of criticism cuz I was right. there the whole time I'm like I get to watch Elizabeth Berkeley there's breasts and sex every once in a while it's reflecting on important cultural themes especially of the moment what's not to love it's kind of baffling and I I've never run into someone in person who is talked about this movie and not liking it or anything it's all kind of been that like mythic lore Mm -hmm. and i would love to and i bet what will happen is like okay when's the last time you saw it well 30 years ago or whatever and i'll be like well we can't talk about Mm -hmm. it you are an idiot's brain at the time when you saw it so no and all i want to do is talk to people about this movie
0: yeah (laughs) Every time I watch this movie, I'm so annoying with my friends. I'm like, have you guys seen Showgirls yet? Come over
2: tonight. I watched it last (laughs) night, but come over tonight.
0: I'll pop (laughs) it on again. (laughs) I will pop it on at the drop of a hat. Absolutely.
1: Well, is there anything else we should discuss before we go to the ratings?
0: Dang, that flew by today. When you're talking about Showgirls,
2: time really flies. It does. does. I feel like even if we're like, hey, let's talk about everything we already talked about again. I'd be like, all right. Let's let's go. <laughs> let's
0: go. <laughs> I let me uh, peruse. Can I peruse my notes peruse. and say any random thoughts I had? Yes, absolutely. You could do a little yeah, quick fire. Yeah, action. yeah. I All love right. That. Um, okay, uh, if you look at his first movie Business is Business, there's also an explicit comparison between a cabaret and a concert, this idea that there's class related to how sexuality is expressed and the more high class, really the more artifice, but it's the same basic human mm-hmm. thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um Also, the men in Verhoeven movies are... What they say and what they do are always different. Men are always hiding something. And I think Mm -hmm. a really interesting thing about him as a director is... There's a sexist stereotype that, you know, women are being duplicitous. And that was used in a femme fatale way throughout so much cinema... And Verhoeven flips that, makes the men the duplicitous ones, and makes the women shockingly honest. Which is, I think, uh, the shockingly honest part of Nomi is also what put people off of her, because pe- yeah. like American culture was not ready for that.
2: People like to also know what's coming next, just even yeah. on a moment-to-moment basis with movies. Oh, okay, I understand what. Uh, what is what is his name? James. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, I understand what James' role in this movie is going to be. I now, I'll, I can't wait. I'm filling in the blanks, and I'm ready for his next moment. And then when it's something that is anti, what you thought was going to happen, then oh, this is a bad movie. You know, it's right. like, no, it might just be interesting. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Yeah, yeah
1: I, I bet Verhoeven could write a, or or the screenwriter that we talked about, or together with Verhoeven, they could make a story that is very much Hollywood cliche for you know all of the characters and that's they chose not to do that
0: yeah it didn't need I mean why make it if you're gonna just make the same you know then you're watching
2: striptease with Demi Moore which is I think the year before yes it's around yeah within the few years I haven't seen that one but it's it's on my radar more after seeing this movie but (laughs) I'm like it's not gonna be as good as Showgirls I know that right Man, uh there's a few other okay,
0: random there's a quote early on uh one of the Japanese tourists says in America everyone's a gynecologist uh to your point <laughs> earlier, Sasha about uh the yes. uh vagina forest. Um I noticed like sweat, blood and vomit play a lot like we're meant to engage with bodies, not just not just the the sexy parts of bodies, but they're like the actuality of being in a body um Mm -hmm. i i love how nomi treats her period as just this yeah fucking deal with
2: it sort of thing uh Mm -hmm. you don't really see that in these like any movie yeah he Mm. literally puts his hands down her pants to test it and finds it in stunning hd (laughs) blu-ray
1: oh boy
0: in crystal clear Mm. um I want to say, okay, uh, there's a sign. Here's These are like stray bullet-pointed thoughts. There's a sign, a neon sign that says Jesus Jesus is coming soon, but the S and the O are blinking, so it says Jesus is coming on. Uh, just everything is sexually aggressive mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Nomi goes through kind of a gauntlet of humiliation before deciding to turn the violence back. Um, and I want to say my girlfriend, when we watch this, Said that it was a superhero origin story about an, an angel of vengeance who was traveling to kill Harvey Weinstein at the end of the movie.
2: You know, fair reading. It it could certainly be... And I haven't seen uh, the Showgirls 2 Penny something. I think it's about the Penny character. There's a... Showgirls 2? There is, I don't think anyone really? of the same creative team is part no. of it. That is wild. <laughs> and I... I forget what I, the synopsis I read of it, but it seems like it is maybe more in the line of a venge, a straight vengeful tale. But uh, oh, again, I don't know. But yeah, it does certainly seem like a sequel to this movie could comfortably be just a, a straight vengeance movie that is so informed by a full prologue that is Showgirls one.
0: Yeah, uh, and she. Uh, one more thing about that: before she takes vengeance on Andrew Carver, she redoes her nails and like that's the final nail moment is her becoming the new version of Nomi the goddess version of Nomi Mm -hmm. Um, and the only other the last thing I'll say is that Molly can make the dress the Versace dress Molly can make it for her (laughs) but Nomi wants to buy it because for some reason she feels the need to buy it because nothing in this movie has value if it can't be paid for um, which is Mm. you know just another another layer of sex bodies and
2: commerce Yeah, those are all, uh, I I really love and appreciate those insights.
1: Yeah, these are wonderful. Um, Which should probably take us into the ratings with all those insights and we can reveal some more of our feelings, although we kind of know where we stand. Joe, how do these ratings work? How does it work? All right,
2: we're going to rate showgirls on a scale of A to double Ds. No, on a scale of 0 to 10, using something. I've been pretty good this whole episode, so let me have my sleaze moments. God bless. On a scale of 0 to 10, using something else as the basis of our scale. That something could be another movie, or it could even be dancing. Hey, I love dancing, and I love this movie. So they're both tens. Whatever you want, and if that doesn't make sense, me and Sasha will go first. I'm going to take it first. You go first. All
1: right, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Um, I should have done a Paul Verhoeven men move and say that I was going to let you go first and then go first. I think Mm -hmm. you should
1: go first because I I have more interesting comparison than you do.
2: You're wrong, but we'll see. Uh, I am going (laughs) to compare this to a movie that I'm glad I saw recently to pair with this Pleasure Ninja Thyberg's Pleasure It's uh, Have you guys heard of this movie at all? Is that the no. The porn industry movie? Yeah it's a movie about the porn industry Similar kind of uh, story of someone entering just like this movie entering and trying to rise in the ranks of an of a explicit industry and stars a lot of porn actors There's a lot of nudity, a lot of sex it is it is saying a lot of the same things as this, as this movie. It is this movie, to be quite honest. I think just the difference is, you know, Showgirls is actually much classier than mm. Pleasure, if you can mm. believe it. And I guess that does make sense, given one's about <laughs> full-on porn. <laughs> but it really is saying a lot of the same things to where I was pretty... It made me so surprised with Showgirls and its boldness in saying those things or at least it's uh foresight into saying those things uh it's a really hard movie to watch it's harder to watch than this as far as that whole idea of hey here's nudity here's what should be sexy and usually is sexy and we're also going to show you the shadow behind it and actually focus on the shadow more than the sexy it's much harder watch than this. I, I think you can watch showgirls and there. Is some rough stuff in showgirls, no doubt. Yeah. But a lot of it is like, wow, here's like some beautiful dancing. Like it's beautiful nude stage show dancing. This, there's there's value in this in that way. Pleasure. It's like I can't even describe some of the scenes are rough. And I would Is it long? I think it's about an hour and a half or two hours. mm shorter um but loved it it's an incredible movie so bold uh directs everything so correctly like just Mm -hmm. it makes the decisions that if it did not make those decisions the movie would be horrible because it is a pretty simple rote story i give that movie a 10 out of 10 and as far as showgirls you know, I do think it's on the same level, but Showgirls is so much more shareable and watchable than something like Pleasure. So I give it an 11, but each oh, number one is an erect penis that is standing okay. straight. i forgive
1: you then. <laughs> Thank God for the erect penises, because y- you got a little too 11 happy recently.
2: Well, we're pre-recording you. so many of these episodes. Pr- full disclosure, audience. So, you know, they could you could move these around. You know, yes. so they're not back-to-back.
1: Of course, I will have to <laughs> analyze have to. and do it based on your erect penises. <laughs> um, I was going to compare Showgirls to Zola, which I walked out of with my husband. <laughs> uh, even though I like Jenix's Bravo's Lemon and just her as a filmmaker and artist, But Zola was unwatchable, so I'm not going to even bother. (laughs) I'm going to compare Showgirls with the actual experience of being a stripper for one year when I was very young and innocent in New York City in my very early 20s, from 20 to 21. So um, I was a stripper at a pussycat lounge in downtown uh, Manhattan. And it was just as bad as you would... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> you imagine it be. On um, the Horrible. first day that I started working there, I had to fight physically. Three... No, okay, a, a woman. And then, like, it was, like, two more fights within, like, next month. Where I physically had to protect myself and fight somebody. Oh, my somebody. God. Wow. Um, and I won all of those three fights. I just want to make it clear um, we won. Um, but it was, like, just like a terrible experience in that sense. There's obviously, like, misogyny. It, was, it just... It was just like fitting me. The world was fitting me in the box that I didn't want to have anything to do with. So I would give that, exp- but I guess it built. It made me like a better writer, like a be- made me a better artist, like all terrible experiences. Um, and it's something experiences that I keep going to and think about those characters and those people surrounding me back then. Um, although I did have like a strong moment where I took all the clothes that I wore and I just threw them out in the trash outside of the, uh, the establishment. Um, that experience was probably a three and I'd say showgirls, and let's say Zola is a four.
2: <laughs> that's a, I, that's, that is a baffling. I don't know what would be a two, a one, or a zero.
1: <laughs> well, again, because I feel like now with the distance that I have, you know it's uh it's like well it's great to put on the resume or talk about or like bring it up in the meeting because it's such a long time ago like i've lived many lives and it's part of that you know expression so as an artist as a a writer it's uh it's i wear it with pride maybe i don't talk about it a lot but i wear this as one of the stars like a, a colonel would wear on their shoulder so i would give Zola a four <laughs> my experience being a stripper in my early 20s in New York a, a three and uh, I would give Showgirls um, a strong solid nine um, I I will I guess the only thing that like doesn't make me go uh, you know give it a ten is I think it's a little long I think some things get a little muddy at the end there's some reveals that I'm like really but it's not even important doesn't matter what does it, me- what does it mean but overall, I'm very happy with this movie, and I would highly, highly recommend people to watch it as long as they're old enough.
2: Well, that was better than mine, Adam. What's yours, man? Uh,
0: high bar now.
1: Wow, did not do it on purpose, but I am still rolling. So keep going. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. cool. Uh, so am I. Make sure I am. Yeah. yes, I'm not. Um, I'm kidding. Okay, man. Uh, what do I even <laughs> begin to compare this to? Um, let's say you have all about eve Mm -hmm. which is i would say you know classic uh classic american movie i'm gonna say all about eve which is the the story of a young actress and an older actress competing which kind of shed light on the uh misogyny of its time uh and fronted women it's very similar i'm gonna say that's an eight out of ten movie um and then I'm going to say uh, something like, let's just talk about pyrotechnics on stage. And let's say that <laughs> pyrotechnics on stage, they're amazing to look at. They create an amazing backdrop, but they're very dangerous and people can get hurt. So let's mm-hmm. say seven out of 10 for the pyrotechnics. Mm-hmm. And then on that scale, uh, if all about it even is an eight, and pyrotechnics on stage are a seven. Uh, and then let's say that sexy dancing is a nine out of 10, <laughs> just as a general concept. <laughs> uh 10 then uh this movie gets a 10 out of 10 for me yeah because it combines that's a lot of points combines them i think this is honestly i i hear y'all's criticisms about the long and the tooth and i don't even disagree but i'm so enamored with the experience of watching it that i think it's a rare case in which i'll call it a perfect movie in my book
1: fantastic i won't argue um, I argue just one point for the length, but it's basically no argument whatsoever. I've never had um, anyone
2: argue about my length. For the record. Oh my god! <laughs>
1: there it is. Uh, here it keeps coming. Uh, Woo! Okay,
2: um, now you're the one who's getting a little, uh, <laughs> a little
1: Adam too much. Protexter. What do you have going on? Tell us any plugs.
0: Oh man, um, yeah, uh, f- I've been trying to post more on TikTok about my music and stuff. So you know, if you want to follow me there, that's the place i've been having the most fun that's mm-hmm. pro texter party on tiktok other than that y'all did an amazing intro at the top of the hour um you know i'm working on a follow-up to an album that'll be out later this year and um i'm currently editing the sizzle reel for a sitcom project that hopefully will uh you know get to show some people at some point this year as well but you know follow me on socials and have fun with me that's
2: my plug awesome
1: fantastic Keep us updated on your sitcom for sure. Will do. Um, and music, uh, Joe. What's going on with you?
2: You know, what you could check out is Joe. Go, no, what do you? No, go to Neveruary <laughs> <laughs> dot website. All right. That's like the the, uh, what do you call it? Month, Uary, but neverwary.website. Mm-hmm. dot website.
1: Now cool. it becomes all clear. <laughs> fantastic (laughs) i've been plugging it for
2: years
1: (laughs) i know uh thank you elizabeth salute for the artwork thank you mr owl for this amazing track and thank you for listening